previously on Elite Week. This is the captain. We have a uh, little problem with our engine sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then, you know, uh, maybe explode. Fighter pilot is an attitude. It is cockiness. It is aggressiveness. It is self-confidence. It is a streak of rebelliousness. And it is competitiveness. But there's something else. There's a spark. There's a desire to be good, to do well, in the eyes of your peers and in your own mind. Ah, Kirk, my old friend. Do you know the Klingon proverb that tells us revenge is a dish that is best served cold? It is very cold in space. The universe is a pretty big place. If it's just us, it seems like an awful waste of space.
Hello, hello, and welcome to Elite Week, episode 46, uh, Friday, October 23rd, 2020, Galactic Water Cooler Podcast, coming at you. I hope everybody is ready for a good time. My name is Kai Zen, and I am going to be your tour guide for this journey through the cosmos. With me, as always, my co-pilot, Commander Roy Cookson. Say hello to the beautiful people, Roy. Good evening, everyone. Glad you're here on this wonderful evening slash morning. Yes, happy time zone to you. And on tech, we've got Arson Cross. Say hi to the people, Arson. Hello, people. Right on. We've also got from Opix Commander Tweet74. Say hello, Tweet. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday night or Saturday morning or Wednesday afternoon or whatever time it is when you're listening to us. Absolutely. All right, so let's get right to it. Right off the bat, let's say happy birthday to Flossie. You know, because uh, Hutton Trucker's uh, number one mission uh, instructor, Commander Flossie, had a birthday this week, and we all love Flossie. So big, big salute and hugs and kisses to you. Also, congrats to the project crew of Osiris Rex mission for a successful collection from Asteroid Bennu. Welcome home to NASA astronaut and Navy SEAL Chris Cassidy, along with cosmonauts Anatoly Ivanishin and Ivan Wagner, who returned home safely from ISS aboard a Soyuz MS-16, returning to Earth in Kazakhstan. Very nice! Today, mission NROL-44 is scheduled to launch a Delta IV heavy rocket at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, so in less than two hours from Cape Canaveral, the classified spy satellite for the National Reconnaissance Office. Uh, on October 25th, SpaceX will launch a Falcon 9 with a classified spacecraft payload for the NRO as well, and mission NROL-108. And a big wink to the demon star, Algol. There'll be more information on that coming to explain it later. And uh, just for the lulls, let's get this out of the way. Uh, everybody, uh, the space bill. This, the, the, there's now a, a $2 space bill, Space Force bill, which, uh, Arson, you can throw up on the screen. And also, while we're getting it out of the way, I'm going to pre-warn you now. <laughs> Next week. Uranus will be in opposition, so if you want to get a good look at Uranus, next week is the best time you're going to have all year. Go ahead and get the laughing out of the way now so we can do it next week without it. We'll try to do it serious or, you know, semi-seriously. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Arson, do the thing. So if you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, you can check us out at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube and would like to know how to catch our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at eliteweek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash elite week discord where you can check out our community feedback resources on turning the wheel and real-time updates about elite from a variety of content creators in addition to the discord community feedback channel feel free to write in our youtube comments anything about the topic of the week as well as anything else you'd like to share we'd love to hear from you 
Also on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, midnight UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. Right on. All right. So let's see here. Okay. Let's get right to it. Let's start off with the Dark Wheel update. We are in now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight systems and pending expansion out of uh, five, four, five, five. So all is well there. Uh, in addition, last week we told you about the drama in Ark. We landed in Ark where we had not meant to land. We, uh, you know, accidentally invaded into a system with some nice people, the ARCC, and uh, we've spoken with them, and they very graciously have extended an invite for us to stay in their system, uh, which was very kind of them. So we're going to stay in their system as uh, invited guests. We're going to um, not in any way challenge them for ownership of the system. It's theirs. We're just going to hang out as we do all... You know the rest of our stuff throughout the uh throughout the galaxy um so everything is well there we uh will be pending ooh, in five four five five we'll go active expansion just before the next show but we'll still be waiting another like five days to actually land somewhere so we are going through all of the steps everything is going well uh i just got some sound clips of the uh of the uh interview piece that was written for sagittarius i that we will be released on the first wednesday of next month about the dark wheel uh and the people that are, are working it it looks it looks pretty cool and it's some of the stuff that i heard was awesome so uh everything is going well and uh the people of the dark wheel are are uh, very very happy so life is good um Let's move right on to uh, the next thing. Roy, why don't you go ahead and present the uh, fleet carrier thing? Yeah, we'd like to give a huge congratulations out to Commander Thalma and the crew of the fleet carrier Nanachi for being the first fleet carrier to circumnavigate the entire galaxy. We've got a picture of uh, the route they took. It's basically all the way around the edge. Uh, they started from Colonia, flew out to Beagle Point, and then circumnavigated all the way around and back to Beagle Point. Uh, some quick stats on this. It took them four months, 952 jumps, uh, 857 of those were around the perimeter. Distance covered was 424,907 light years. Uh, 300, 378,000 of those were just around the perimeter. And they consumed 93,200 tons of tritium. Um, huge, <laughs> huge adventure. Uh, there's a great there's great forum posts on this if you want to check it out we've got links um, a lot of people came out to support and uh, Commander Thalma thanked all of those people and had some great learnings a couple I wanted to highlight was um, he noted for example that if you allocate uh, space for tritium and other things in your your fleet carrier that adds to the mass and the jump uh, versus if you keep those things in your ship uh, it doesn't um, he did find that, you know, there was a lot of times when, when uh, 
you know, his his uh, confidence was flagging a bit, but then certain people came out to help, and that kept, kept him going. I yeah. can imagine that happening in a four month uh, four month journey like that. So anyway, thanks to all those people that helped out, and congratulations. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to highlight a couple of things on that. First off, uh, I was the one that put it in the show notes, and the where I first heard about it was on the very excellent. Uh, Witch Space News by uh, Commander Burr and the Burr Pit, Burr and Rainey. So uh, definitely want to give them a big salute for bringing that to my attention. In the show notes, we have the forum thread where he talks about his trip. Uh, we have the Imgur link to that uh, uh, route that he took around the different spiral arms of the galaxy. And we also have the uh, Reddit thread that, uh, you know, sort of is the summation of his project. It was very, very cool. And as we speak at the Fleet Carrier Discord, they are organizing a thing, basically sort of like a fundraiser. People to volunteer a little of their time, go out and fill up the tank of that uh, of that uh, Fleet Carrier and, and, and get it back home. It's just a little thing where the guy's taking a break now after all of that. Amazing, amazing um, journey and, and massive, massive salute to him. Um, does anybody have anything that they want to add on that? I was just going to add that, um, you know, he, he did this all throughout the period when tritium, uh, kind of got nerfed and then was broken and then came back and, uh, obviously having the consumption rate changed, you know, he credited that to being a huge, a huge thing that, um, that, you know, I think ultimately made it possible without just mind numbing amounts of mining so absolutely imagine being that guy when the uh when the word went out from fdev that oh by the way we're going to make tritium twice as efficient how happy was he <laughs> <laughs> all right uh let's see here all right beautiful so let us uh let us continue on i'm just checking one note here all right beautiful uh next up tweak uh We've got a new community goal, which we're going to talk about. But in that, there's a question and a problem that people are having. And I think you might have the answer for us. I think we do. Uh, the incomparable Commander Plater had a wonderful stream on Thursday, helping everybody in the community out. So this new community goal, touch on it real quick. Is, part of it is bounty hunting. The problem is in the system, there's only a low intensity CZ or not CZ, but low intensity hunting grounds there to go bounty hunting. And what happens in the low? You get the easy targets and they don't pay very well. Well, Commander Plater was here to show us that if you look in that system, you find a couple of science installations. You can go to those science installations and you will find lots of nice, fat, tasty, expensive criminals and anacondas and such flying around there that are wanted that you can blow up to your heart's content and collect those high bounties. So big Absolutely. thanks to Commander Plater for pointing that out. Absolutely. Big salute to Plater. Next up, we've got uh, Professor Awan, who did, uh, he is doing a spooky Halloween tour. It's going to be on uh, October 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, which is midnight UTC. Uh, it's a horror stories of elite uh tour with homicidal brainwashing signals alien abductions robots force feeding human captives and a dark look inside the far cult uh, 
Michael Brooks, who was the original lore master of Elite, was a fan of good horror. And so he put a bunch of little hidden gems all throughout the galaxy with neat horror-themed stuff that's really creepy as all hell. So uh, go ahead and go on that tour and enjoy it. Uh, it's starting in the Olorun system, which is O-L-O-R-U-N. And that system gets its name from a South American god that was like the god of reality and time and was able to manipulate time and did some creepy stuff as well. Uh, that tour will be staying in the bubble, but I, I encourage everyone, bring a good jumper, bring an exploration ship so you can help, you know, sort of keep up and make sure that your ship has an SRV because there will be some very cool sights to see. For example, that Far God cult, they have one system where they have two moons that are sort of right next to each other where they have camps and, and creepy, creepy shit happen. So if you want to enjoy the spooky Halloween tour on October 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern, midnight UTC, uh, we've got a link in the show notes for Twitch TV uh, forward slash Awan the Godfather, spelled weird. Uh, so check out his Twitch. And if you want, the whole thing is actually being put on by uh, our sister uh, podcast, uh, uh, Loose Screws. So you can go into the Discord there on the day of the event and actually, you know, ask questions or get involved in the conversation. Or if you want to just do the thing and listen, you can do that uh, through Awan's Twitch. Arson, uh, I think you have a video from Down to Earth. Yeah, something uh, juicy that we're going to cover that I think everybody should know about. Uh, Astro released a wonderful uh, video called Tips and Tricks You Didn't Know About Coriolis.io. Now, I have been a Coriolis uh, fanboy slash advocate or whatever you want to say about it for quite a long time. And even I learned a few things from this video, and it is well worth the watch. Um for those of you that aren't familiar with Coriolis, it is basically an outfitting and theory crafting tool for Elite. Uh, there are others out there like ED Shipyard. Uh, I feel that like Coriolis provides some really, really unique benefits that allow you to do things uh, where you can click things and get feedback on uh, different scenarios and compare ships against each other and things like that, like finding out how long your Mated Delance is going to take to kill a you know, fully shielded cutter and things like that. And if you want to learn how to utilize that tool properly, I highly recommend uh, checking out Astronomy's uh, video. Absolutely. Um, I just have to say, number one, Down to Earth does the apps. He, he does the best guides in the game. He, he's just awesome guy. He will be our guest next week, and he's uh, he's just the best. Um, but I know that Roy and Tweak both had something. So why don't we start with Roy and then go with Tweak? Uh, yeah, a couple things. Uh, first, back to the the thing about Awan. I just wanted to mm -hmm. give him props for setting that up. And also, uh, any time I've spent with him in game has been incredibly thorough and educational. So if that event is even even partly interesting to you, just I would go. You'll learn something for absolute sure, and it'll be a lot of fun. And, and oh, hold on, mm -hmm. let me add this. Yeah. Uh, for those who can't make it on the day, if you're like, well, shit, that's great, but I've got stuff that day. It's going to be on his Twitch. So for like two weeks, you can go back and rewatch, mm. you know, at any point during the, the, the Halloween weekend, go and, and watch the tour and then follow along and fly along yourself and enjoy it. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Roy. 
No, I was just going to add the thing on Coriolis. I, I really enjoyed that video as well. The, the one thing, um, one of the things that I, and I've used Coriolis more hours than I could count, and yet there were still things I learned. One was their button, the button you can press that automatically loads into EDB, EDDB.io and finds mm -hmm. a station for you that has all the stuff you just picked in Coriolis. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's very good. Our, uh, down to Earth knows how to do everything except for one thing. There's one thing Down to Earth has never learned, and that's how to make a bad video. Sweet. Your thoughts? Yeah, on the Awan stuff, I kind of kick myself. I'm a huge horror fan, horror books, horror movies, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I've stumbled across a few of these things just naturally in the game and loved it. Mm -hmm. And then I get so wrapped up in BGS, I always forget to go out and find the rest of them. So this is definitely something I'm going to be checking out. And on the Coriolis, this is another thing out there that a lot of people don't use or don't know it exists. And Coriolis is such a handy tool for building a ship. I never build a ship anymore without going on Coriolis first, putting it together, looking at the engineering I want to do on it, trying to see if the power is going to be right, what my boost speed is going to be at, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I go in game and actually build it, copying it right from my Coriolis. So yeah, Coriolis is great and another great video from from down to earth. Right on. Next up, we've got Uncle Jay's illustrated yet incomplete encyclopedia of useless stuff. All right, this guy, he, a he's very self-deprecating on the name of his little uh, forum post on the th forum thread on the for uh, elite forums, but uh, it's awesome shit. So basically. He's got pictures and videos of lots of different things. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't think people take the time to look at and see. So he's got the three, he's starting with the three uh, categories of cargo canisters, materials, and mega ship features. And he breaks down and has absolute like pictures of, okay, here's what each cargo canister looks like. And a lot of people, I can tell you, I've been playing the game for a long time. I didn't even really notice before going through this thread like oh crap when they have a, a a cargo canister that's supposed to be liquids inside it's a different it's got a different body it has a different art asset than than the other cargo canisters or or you know all like this type has this and this type has that and for materials a, a lot of them yes i absolutely knew like i know what the the, the ancient relic looks like from the from the uh, guardian sites and this that and the other but there's a lot of them where I didn't. I was like, oh, wow, that's got a cool look to it. All right. I never even bothered to look at it. Um, so uh, and and mega ship features, obviously, he goes through and shows you the different features, what they look like, what they do. Uh, the picture shows what it looks like up close and in, in, in an interesting way. The video shows what it does. There are so many beautiful little things to this game. Like when you see a, a repair limpet, if you actually scroll in with the camera and watch it, you see it fly over to the thing and like attach and like little welding art things come off of it as it's as it's repairing your sh it's just it's just cool go check out that forum post there's more coming he's got a list of things that he's going to be adding to that post over time we will keep you informed roy you've got something on an amazing video that has been the media darling of the entire elite community this week but we want to make sure we cover it as well yeah, it's, it's been the darling and rightly so. Uh, Commander Placid, uh, spelled P-L-A-C-Y-D-E, has put out a, a six-minute video that, um, uh, you know, look, I, I, I watched this and the thing that took me by surprise really was uh, how he can make through excellent, uh, let's call it cinematic composition, things that we're all used to seeing just look awesome. 
and beautiful. And it's put to a really, um, I would say, haunting but chill soundtrack. Um, it's uh, definitely worth a watch. You know, there's there's lots of videos that people make. I this is one that I was watching this and like, oh my, this this is excellent. Like this is really good, worth your time. We've got a link in the show notes. Definitely go and look at that. Absolutely, absolutely, it's great stuff. This was highlighted on. They literally played the entire video on the Monday Super Cruise News stream from uh, Frontier from from Elite uh, the CMs and and it was great it was again highlighted in in uh witch space news it's been mentioned on other podcasts it's been referred to just every which where and rightly so this is amazing this is awesome stuff placid is with the spvfa and he does great pictures he does great videos it's all good go subscribe to that guy's channel so that next time you know we'll still be mentioning when he does great shit but you want to already have seen it for a couple of days. So go subscribe to his channel. Next up, we've got Lave Radio presents Data Slate. Episode 18 just dropped on Thursday. This is good stuff. Data Slate is a book, a sci-fi slash fantasy slash horror book review podcast and talk show that used to go on all the time. They did 17 episodes, then it took a hiatus for well over a year. It's been gone. And uh, it's put on by Alan Stroud and friends. I say and friends. He had a regular co-host previously. I think now he's doing a revolving set of co-hosts. I had spoken with him about it, oh, I would say a month or, or so back. And I said, man, you need to get doing that podcast again. It's so good. Um it's just it's it's great and i miss it i listened to all of the old 17 episodes and and then there weren't any more and he was like yeah i don't know man I, i've been busy and this that, and the other i was like you need to get doing it again and he just out of the blue dropped an episode on thursday um so if you're a fan of sci-fi books if you're a fan of and, and he talked about sci-fi tv shows too i think they're playing with the format a little um he talked about you know Star Trek Discovery. He talked about uh, Brave New World and, and you know, some other shows and, and books and whatnot. Go check out Labor Radio Presents Data Slate. You can find it wherever good podcasts are found. Um, all right. Next up, Tweaked. Why don't you present uh, a friend of the show, Texas's, uh news site? Yeah, so good friend and captain in Open Pilots Initiative, OPEX, has come up with a pretty cool idea for us. He is doing a basically everyday OPEX newscast. Uh, things about inside the squadron, things going on around the galaxy. In player, it's in universe, so to speak. So it's, you know, Stardate 3306 or whatever the hell you were in these days. And, and it's a very cool thing that he's doing. He, he came up with this idea, ran it by a couple of our leaders, and we thought it was cool. And, and so he's been running with it. And I think it's a very cool little feature for our members that are in. I think it's kind of unique. I've never been. I've only been in a couple other squadrons, and none of them had it. And I don't know of any that do have anything like this. So I think it's kind of unique to OPIX. So I like to think we have some pretty cool things happening over there. Right on, man. Right on. So, A, it's awesome stuff. Uh, 
It's for the OPIX community specifically. Uh, so you should definitely check it out if you're interested in that. But also, if you're not in the OPIX community, check it out because it's a neat little thing and maybe it'll inspire you. I know that the Burr Pits group does the Tawanta Tales and they do the Tawanta something alert message system where, you know, Renu will read out stuff like, you know, oh, this just happened or that just happened. Uh, OPIX does this. We'd like to hear from more of you of what what maybe for all I know, you know, you're like, hey, man, I'm a hunting trucker. and We've got this or, hey, man, I'm uh, in the ARCC and we do that. Or, hey, man, I'm I'm in, you know, uh, Sirius Corp and we do that. Like, reach out to us and let us know because we want to highlight your stuff to get it out for people to see it and also to inspire other people to do cool stuff and to help again to just bring this universe more to life. Um, so for sure, let us know if you have anything else that's like that. And a big salute to Texas. He's a great guy. And, uh, this is, this is just good stuff. Uh, Arson, why don't you go ahead and start us off with your tech tip? Yeah. So today is going to be a quick and general short one, but it's meant to help all of those that are running around on discord servers, trying to help uh, others or get help themselves and want to get a quick little screen snippet, but you don't want to grab your whole screen. You just want to grab a little spot because you only want to show somebody that and you don't want them focusing on anything else. And it's just a quick little windows hotkey. It's windows key shift S and when you hit that, it'll actually automatically bring up a uh, snip tool. It will freeze the active frames on your screen uh, for the duration of the snip while allowing the program to run freely in the background. It's super, super useful. So if you're in the middle of action and you want to capture that moment uh, and just get the the UI right before that something blows up and it's a 0% hole or what have you, you just Windows key, shift S, all three at the same time. Bam, you've got your snipping tool. You highlight what you want. It sends it straight to your clipboard. You go into Discord or whatever application of choice and paste. You don't have to take it and hit print screen, throw it in a third party app uh, or paint or whatever and edit it. And then uh, I don't remember which one of you guys mentioned it yesterday. I think it was actually Kai. Oh, Oh, it was Roy. Well, okay. I, it was it was me that mentioned it, but I just learned it from Roy. <laughs> yeah. So the other one is hitting Alt in print screen, and this is really important for me. I wish I had known it sooner. Um, but if you have multiple monitors, Alt print screen instead of just hitting print screen will only uh, capture the currently active monitor wherever your cursor is essentially instead of capturing all of your monitors which right now for the show i'm running uh, essentially three 4k monitors so i hit print screen that's a huge screenshot i don't want all of that uh, so those two little tricks will help you with uh some really quick little screenshots throw them in the clipboard paste them in discord and have fun mentoring each other right on beautiful stuff all right, let's move on to Frontier News. So right off the bat, let's just say, so under the under the section of uh, where we normally would post, uh, what do you call that, uh, patches, we, we didn't have a patch, but we had a stealth change. Uh, this was not spotlighted anywhere, but be advised, everyone in the community, that uh game heralds are back now you might say what is a game herald what the hell are you talking about what i'm talking about is 
local news reports provided at the station in different systems. So you know how we have Galnet and Galnet puts out a big, you know, thing that's everywhere that it's like, hey, every gal every commander in the galaxy, be advised, this just happened. And that's the official Galnet story. But if you go to a station, every station has their own local news. And this appears when you dock and you know you normally go in there and and before you go to the mission board, just when you're at the main screen where you have, you know, contacts, mission board, universal cartographics, whatever, commodities, you'll see like a picture of the person who represents that station. And underneath it, it has like a link to like some local news information. This is very, very key because, and, and, and there's, I can't tell you how many commanders play in this galaxy and have played in this galaxy for a long time that have no clue that this is even a thing. That is your local news report in that station for that station only. Now, in the past, Frontier has used this to provide clues as to mysteries and different things that are going on in the galaxy. Canon at one point was using this and it would pull up information that they used to format data keys when they were trying to unscramble uh, you know, information on different places and different things. And this is all going on behind the scenes uh, and, and it's some of it is augmenting what, what the, the Galnet uh, sort of article said, and some of it is contradicting what Galnet said. This is another sign that the game is back in full stride. The story is stronger than ever. So, for example, the Galnet article that we had earlier in the week before the CG happened, the Galnet article said, that the Empire was demanding that the, the Federation give back the Marlinists who had fled to, and then it listed like five Federation systems. It said that the, that the Marlinists had fled to A, B, C, D, E, and F. And then Jordan Rochester responded back saying, yo man, these guys are not wanted for any crimes. They're not convicted. They're innocent people who are refugees, and we're going to give them. We're, we, I recommend to Congress that we give them uh, political asylum because you're just picking on them because they happen to have a name that's similar to a name of some terrorist people that are doing stuff. But they're not down with that. They're not part of this, so they're not criminals. We're going to go ahead and whatever. But the key point of this to, to to keep in mind is, you could have gone to those systems beforehand and seen. Oh, this is some shit. This is some stuff that's tied. And go, let's see what the Herald says. Let's see what the local news is saying. That is the, the hot scoop that the whole galaxy hasn't gotten yet. And you can use those clues to send you this way or that way or help you sort of figure stuff out. So I challenge each and every one of you out there in the galaxy to go find the little clues here and there at the, at the you know, the Herald's and report to us report it to report it to us report it to lave report it to you know whoever your favorite streamer or whatever is but yeah report it to us uh of like hey man this is this hot news just in and we can get out there and like and make a video about it put it on youtube hey this is going on this is big this is whatever um it's it's super super good stuff arson what did you have on this um yeah, so it was just going to be that, uh, you know, reinforce that 
you need to go ahead and actually look at the stuff manually. Third-party tools don't actually uh, collect any of this information automatically. Uh, this is something you need to use your good old-fashioned Mark I eyeball to look at in the station panel. Uh, there is going to be some automatically generated news articles for things like bounty reports and, and what the crap. local factions are doing. Yeah, they're all they're all crap. The, you don't need mm -hmm. to worry about those unless you're like managing BGS stuff. But buried in those can be these gems with the storylines. Uh, like Kai mentioned, they've been used for other things. Uh, one of my favorites was the treasure hunts and things like that. They've done some really mm -hmm. cool mysteries with them. Uh, but take the effort, look at it. Even if you're running third-party tools, you know, use that eyeball and uh, let people know if you spot it. Uh, because if you do spot it and nobody else has seen it yet, then odds are you're probably the only one to uh, care enough to tell people and the rest of the community would love you for it. Yeah. Cause if you're the one with the, if you're the, the one that was smart enough to notice what everybody missed, you got the hot scoop. You can notify the galaxy tweaked. I know you had a information on this or a question. Yeah. I was just going to say, well, first off, I think all that news is pretty valuable. The bounty board, the traffic report invaluable. If you, own a system and you care about sure. that system you should be keeping an eye on that stuff but uh as matt in the chat said it is a great way reading this local news is a really good way to wait that 10 minutes for the mission board to flip 100%. and i used to read it all the time before it disappeared on us i'm so happy to see it back absolutely absolutely and yes when i say it's crap i mean it's crap if you're just following the galactic news but that stuff is gold to people who are as arson said doing the BGS or care about the BGS in that system, whether it's because it's your system or something that you're invading or messing with. If it's, if it is in any way in your sphere of interest, then it's good. But the Herald stuff, the stuff that it's like the juicy got, you know, juicy stuff, that's great for everyone. All right. So moving on, we've got the newsletter, uh, store update. So newsletter 304 was published today. Right off the bat, I want to jump to the end and say Elite Week was shouted out with our show times. It's off by an hour until week after next because they're showing it what it's going to be after Daylight Savings Time is done, saying that it's at 1 a.m. UTC. It's at midnight UTC for now for the next two weeks until our time changes. But um, yeah, that's super, super awesome. They gave us a very kind words, something to the effect of like, go watch this great news show that has news and interviews and reviews and yada, yada. Uh, thank you very much, Frontier. That's very, very kind. Thank you, Steven. I know you're the one that updates that list. Much love and 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 hugs and kisses. All right. Uh, then in the newsletter, they also give us congratulations on a successful AXCG. And uh, uh, that was down to the wire. It was super interesting. And we're going to talk more about it later because there's some stuff you might not know. They talk about their live streams. Uh, they talk about, and this is super, super important because a lot of times, or, or a lot of people today have noticed that they posted a thing saying, yeah, we have, you know, crap for sale in the ARC store for, for Halloween. Like get your bobbleheads, get your stickers, get your, I don't know, whatever they do for Halloween. And they've said like, go get your stuff. And they put the thing they put a name on it, Halloween event. And it is, it's a, it's an in-store event for Halloween. And that's great. 
But people have said, oh, my God, is this the Halloween event that they're going to do? Is that it? Is, was that what people got all excited for? No, it's not. Uh, how do we know that? One, because Art actually said on the stream, he said, you know, oh, there's going to be a, a live in-game event for Halloween. It's going to be very spooky. Tune in and look, keep your eyes open for more information coming on that. Well, this is what you were supposed to keep your eyes open for. In newsletter 304, under the streaming section, there's a little blurb that was super easy to miss that said, tune in Thursday next week for our very special Halloween stream at 1900 hours, so 7 p.m. UTC, on our Twitch and YouTube channels. Special Halloween stream, special Halloween event. You put two and two together, giddy up. All right. After that, they did the store spotlight, which is, you know, your weekly, hey, you can get this paint shop for this ship. Go check it out if you're interested. Um, but I will say this. I'm not really super uh, impressed by the paint jobs this week. Whatever. It's personal taste. You might go, what are you, crazy, man? This is awesome. Hey, God bless. Mazel tov. Go knock yourself out. Enjoy your new paint job. But everyone that is hearing my voice, either A, buy some arcs and hold them in waiting, or B, just be ready, be aware, keep it in mind now so that it doesn't come up and hit you as a surprise. Next month, for Thanksgiving week, the Black Friday sale happens. And when the Black Friday sale happens, it's the only time every year that Frontier puts out the midnight black paint job that's out there. Last year when it came up, I bought the midnight black paint job for every paint, for every ship, SRV, SLF, everything in the game that it would allow me to, I bought it because I think that is the sexiest paint job in the game. So be ready for it. Roy, you had a thought? Oh, just that, you know, I'm a bit of a completionist and this will be my first both Halloween and Thanksgiving in the game. So I'm really looking forward to that. Absolutely. Those kind of things are special in games like this. Absolutely. Okay. Then we come to the part where they talk about the Halloween stuff. Halloween cosmetics items coming October 26th to November 2nd. So, you know, check it out. Um... After that, they talk about the Galnet news articles, which we're about to get to. Uh, next up, we have the heading of forum posts. Just Let me just put this out there. Go sign up for the newsletters. The newsletters were crap for a while. They have been good for like the last two, three newsletters, whatever. They're good again. The, again, this is part of the the game is alive again. Go go sign up for that so that you you, you don't miss it out. Uh, on forum posts, Arson, why don't you uh, hit up with that, that forum post that I linked for you? Yeah, so we have a fantastic thread uh, that was started uh, by, I believe, Commander Gustoni asking about influence, uh, the little pluses we see in all of our missions. And, you know, those are pretty ambiguous little icons. And dangerous programmer Dominic Corner from Frontier responded to it and he answered several questions participated pretty heavily in the thread um something that i am 
always ecstatic to see uh, Frontier uh, allow their developers to do on the forum. Um, and he essentially clarified some things. Now, the numbers in the thread are just example numbers that were contributed by a player, but essentially the meat of the new understanding that we now have on the pluses is that each plus uh, implies a range of potential amount of influence. And essentially the way it works is when you go into a mission uh, board and you're looking at your missions, which I just happen to be at one right now, uh, you go in and you look at your missions and the missions generate the rewards at first and then the number that the influence is assigned to is converted into these pluses. So a plus, let's say using the numbers that are from the forum thread, they said, okay, let's say that each plus represents say 20 points of influence. One plus, according to uh, dominant corner indicates that you could be getting uh, anywhere from zero influence to a maximum of 20 influence for that plus. Two pluses would be anywhere from a minimum of 20 to a maximum of 40, and so on and so forth. It goes all the way up to five pluses, which is the maximum. And the takeaway here is that if you have a higher reputation uh, with the faction, or you have higher ranks in the career choice, um, trade, uh, exploration, or combat, those affect the numbers for the influence. Now, it's not clear what those numbers are. We don't know. That's not something Frontier is able to tell us. But it does tell us that uh, basically you want the more pluses, which we all kind of pretty much gathered. Um, but we now know that just because there's a plus doesn't mean that we're going to get the maximum influence of that plus. Yeah. So, so you want to actually... The, TL, the TLDR that Dom has given us here is that it's a dynamic scaling and that it also takes into effect your other traits. Correct. Beautiful. Sweet. Yeah, I just wanted to say real quick, this falls under the heading to me, and I've, I've worked with people. Sometimes people try to make the BGS way too complicated. The fact of the matter is, what does it really matter what the pluses mean when all we need to know is five is better than three, three is better than one. So when you're running missions, take as many pluses as you possibly can and things usually work out okay. Beautiful. Next up, we've got the streams. There were two streams this week. This was the first time that they did a Tuesday stream in, for Super Cruise instead of the Monday stream. So we had the Tuesday and Thursday stream. So get used to that every Tuesday and Thursday now. Tuesday was Steven and Bruce attempting to do anti-Zeno. And Thursday was Steven and Bruce attempting to do CQC. Go check out the links if you're interested. Um, all right. And then after that, we've got Galnet News articles. So there were four Galnet News articles uh, for this period. Uh, the first was on... October 19th, and it was political turmoil for President Hudson. Uh, after that was October 20th, Marlinist Refuge flee to the Federation. That was the one that we told you about where they said specifically they named Federation systems. So you could have known on October 20th, something's up with these systems and gone and looked and get, gotten more information that might have 
sort of giving you a heads up about this CG um, <clears throat> ahead of time, you know, before everybody else. October 21st, Thargoid Incursion repelled in the Witchhead Enclave. And then October 22nd, Federal Initiative to Support Marlinist Refugees. They're talking about the new CG, which leads us right into the CGs. Let's talk about it. First off, with regard to the community goals, here's what we're looking at as of right now, live on the air. I'm looking and I'm seeing that the Fox Enterprises uh, deliver fruits, vegetables, food cartridges, basic medicine, clothing, evacuation shelters is at tier zero still. It hasn't hit tier one yet, but it's at uh, 7.731. Uh, uh, sorry, that would be... 7.731 billion out of 80 billion. And wait, no, yep. million so, is it? Yeah, that's right. 7.7 okay. 7 out of 80 million. Yeah, yeah, out of 80 million. I was saying billion. That's wrong. Yeah. And the, uh, the bounty hunting CG is already at tier one with two and a half million out of 60 million. Uh, they're both ongoing. It's early days yet. We're just hitting the weekend. We expect to see high, high output. I, I encourage everyone engage in this CG. This is, uh, to me, um, it, 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 it's, well, okay. Getting into the CGs, let's first start off with the Thargoid one. So the Thargoid CG, we won at the very, very last minute. Big salute to everyone in the AX community. In particular, I want to shout out the guys of The Hand, who out of the top 10, I think their little squadron had like like half of the top 10 just on their own. It's crazy. Um, and they're, they're, they're not uh, a massively large uh, uh, squadron. So the dedication that they put towards that is, is worthy of a huge commendation. Big, big salute to them. I want to point out something. I, I heard a lot of places, the commentary of like, why would we even care about the CG, man? There was nothing new. It's no big deal. This is whatever. Okay. Here's why we care. Because number one, Frontier has demonstrated to us that they're bringing the story back. And this is the first part of that story, which they have brought back front and center for the whole community to look, to look at, that involves anti-Xeno combat. Now, maybe you are saying, I'm holding out for anti-Xeno CZs. Okay, that's fine. Respect, whatever. That's your choice. It's a game. Play it how you want to play it. Maybe you're like Commander Malik or the people of Halt that are like, I have no interest in this. I'm not doing this because I think that the whole idea of anti-Xeno combat is disgusting. We're the aggressors. They're the, they're, you know, innocent. We're the bad guys whatever oh, okay again respect salute whatever it's a game play it how you choose to play it i'm not here to tell you how to play it but i am gonna say that if you are interested in anti-xeno combat frontier saying hey man we know the story was gone for a long while and everything was on hold we're bringing it back and then them demonstrating they're bringing it back with week after week after week cgs new galnet articles the Herald back with story that's dynamically happening in the systems. All of these things is a ramp up. And Frontier has said, you're going to have stuff for everyone, including the anti-Xeno community. 
I, I, I have to look at this and take Art at his word because every time he said he was going to do something, he did it. So give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, to the comment of there's nothing new in this CZs, I would like to point something out because I think there was something new in these CG. Sorry, I, I misspoke and just said CG. In this CG. Specifically, non-human signal source level fours. In this non-human signal source level fours, I was seeing reports, uh, and I want to give a huge salute to Commander uh, Colin Ford, Phoenix to Fire of Lave Radio, who went out and saw this for himself. You go out there and signal source level fours are normally just, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, a couple of scouts floating around. Kill the scouts, you move on. This time he hopped in there and it was a couple of scouts and a probe, which you don't, to my knowledge, you don't see Thargoid probes. I, I, I've done many non-human signal source level fours. I don't remember ever seeing a bunch of scouts around a probe. Anybody else here? Do you guys ever remember nope. seeing that? Uh, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. Not at all. But I do remember when I first started going into the witch head uh, for the CG, uh, seeing one of those in a threat for when I was playing with my buddy Fred Mayfield uh, recently, not before now, but we saw some scouts and I noticed a probe and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But yeah. it, it didn't compute that that was special to me at the time. So Frontier has a way of being sneaky, sneaky with stuff and throwing in things and Everyone was looking for CZs, didn't see CZs, and said, meh, nothing new. I think they snuck something in here. And just go with me for a moment. If you will, everyone, whip out your tinfoil hats and, and, and don them. Uh, I want to point something out. If these probes are new, that they appear in a CG, or sorry, in a non-human signal source, we have just gotten a new encounter along the anti-Xeno spectrum. Now, maybe if I would be very interested to find out when ED Market Connector or if you scan these in any way, if you put them through, you know, what, what code wise on the back end, are these the exact same probes we've all been seeing? Or are they maybe coded a little differently? Do they do? Do they have any different property, or do they have any different ability to do something, depending on what we've done? So, for example, we go to the uh, uh, Thargoid site, and we know you know you drop in a probe and a and a, a, a what is it? A probe and a link and a what's the third one? You, you drop them at the map site to get the map. Uh, probe link sensor. sensor. Yes. So, what if? This one is slightly different. It does something different. We, everything that we've done before, we need to retest and see if are they being sneaky and some sending something new our way. Now, we're going to sort of, I, I'm, we're just going to hit this now, and then we'll we'll it, it'll be covered for the for the for the later uh, uh, when we get to the discussion topics, because the fact of the matter is, <clears throat> I have a suspicion and we'll just leave it at that that we're missing something with regard to the thargoid items 
the, the, the probe sensor link where there's something that we've been missing all along. Arson, why don't you throw up on the screen the picture that we have of the uh, of the different Thargoid link? Because mm. if you go to the map room and you put up, you know, your linkage sensor and probe, you you always get, you know, if you put up those three things, you'll get the the, the map, the galaxy map that we can't decipher or, or or designate, but we know that it's not our galaxy. If you put in Guardian stuff, you'll get it'll the whole building will aggro and everything goes nuts and it's it's muy muy unhappy but if you put in here's a picture and there's a forum link from a while back where someone's like hey something weird happened with this probe take a look at that link right there take a look at that link on the left there they said hey something happened weird with this sensor link it's all blue it's not like every other link i've ever seen before what's the deal with that and he posted uh, uh, it was a Reddit or forums. I, I linked it in the in the thing, but he, he's like, I've never seen this before. What the hell is the deal with that? What if there's something with that probe that, that either A, we with all probes that we've missed, like maybe you're supposed to, I don't know, scan it with the data scanner. Somebody's supposed to scan it as you're putting it in or scan it afterward or what? I, I'm just pointing out that we need to go back and retest our assumptions and experiment with everything that we can do with a the pre-existing probes and b these new probes that are found in the the uh non-human signal source level fours and i want to be clear i am not saying that the new ones are different probes i'm saying they're potentially different they could be we need to experiment we need to get cannon on the job we need to get the axi we need to get the hand we need to get the hive we need to get everyone you know who is into this stuff down to earth and 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 mal for the win we need to get all of these people out there and science the shit out of this and see like what have we missed what could we find what what is out there and and take a look so that i'm just pointing out that in this axcg there is i would submit to you something potentially new that was added to the game that was done very stealthily and frontier is sitting back and waiting for us to pick up the ball and run with it they're waiting for the cannon of old they're waiting for the investigators, the science guys, the the big brains to go out there and decipher this mystery. Roy, I know you had a thought on that. Well, yeah, I was just going to throw out on what you just mentioned is this this sounds like stuff that happened in uh, what was it 2015 to 2017 mm -hmm. in the in the golden age of, you know, analyzing audio signatures and looking for hidden patterns and uh, I'd love it for this to be just the beginnings of that again. That that because that sounded so fascinating. I just I really hope that's that's what this is. And I'm sticking to my statement that I made. I made it what two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I've, I've made it every week on the air. I think that we're gonna have a very Thargy Halloween. That live event that's coming next week. I would be shocked if it's not something new with. Thargoids, uh, a new encounter, a new either maybe new ships of some kind or new something attacking us, or 
if it's all existing stuff, a new pattern, like heavy hit, like, like there's, you know, for, for the way art was saying, like, it's going to be something spooky for Halloween and the way that they led in with this AXCG at first and, and this new thing that's in there that we've all missed that we haven't sort of cracked the code on. I think this is just the buildup. I think it's about to, we're about to get heavy, heavy AX next week. And I'm excited for it. Uh, Tweaks, you had a thought. Yeah, I was going to say pretty much the same thing right there with Halloween coming up and this new sensor or whatever here that, that who knows what that could be. That could be calling in a friendly Thargoid race. It could be calling in a not so friendly, bigger, badder ship or something along those lines. We just don't know what this could be, but how fascinating that they snuck something in that we had no idea was there and most people slept right on it. They, they blinked and didn't even see it was there. And here we are left with something to discover. Absolutely love that this kind of stuff is back in the game. So people of the universe, people that are smarter than me, I put this in your hands, okay? Uh, you tell me, A, I think that there's a new encounter that they added to the list in the non-human signal source level fours. B, I submit to you that there's a thing that we have not uncovered that has something to do with the probes, links, and sensors. Uh, and C, I just showed you a picture and there's a th there's an old forum thread of a guy going, hey man, this one turned blue. What's up with that? You you put it together and come up with something cool and get back to me. Uh, uh, all right, Arson. Yeah, I was just gonna say on on the whole encounters thing, I, I do want to just say like people go through and and look through every signal source that you get because. Just because it's threat four doesn't mean that there's only one threat four non-human signal source. There's like for some of them, there can be like four or five different variants uh, of a particular threat level of any given signal source. So mm -hmm. hit them up, look in them, uh, even if you've been in that threat before and report what you find. Yeah, man. Good stuff. All right. So that is covers i think the axcg and again huge salute to the hands you guys hero moded the hell out of that now let's focus on the new cg the supporting the marlinist refugees and protecting the marlinist aid um as tweaked let you know from uh courtesy of commander plater you can get better bonds at those installations go do that another thing to keep in mind if you go to those installations, though, you're going to need to take a kill warrant scanner because those ones might show up as uh, what is it? Where it's like they're 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 lawless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it, it, it's good stuff. Um, with regard to the also with the Marlinists support, like it's very very important that we, I think support them yes 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 marlin is <laughs> arson put it up on the uh on the on the screen there marlin is profit okay yes that go out there and truck stuff for them and make your profit but here's the important thing more so yeah can you make more money paying out mining yes you can okay so what this is a game you're doing it for the fun you're doing it for the story the company frontier is engaging with us and saying 
We will give you story. Here's some story. We've worked on this. We need to do our part now and engage back. I'm personally 100% bought in on all, all of this Marlinist stuff of like, yeah, man, you know, aquara, aquara, as Arson said last week. Uh, like, let's let's support this. Uh, let's support, you know, let's, let's, uh, I, I've given, I've told the Black Sky Legion, like, yeah, man, here's some light orders. Feel free to go over there and run some stuff for the Marlinists and kill some stuff that, you know, is trying to, uh, 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 give the Marlinists a hard time. Let's, let's, let's knock this one out of the park and, and, you know, really, really engage in this story and see where it goes. Because to me, there's several things here. Number one, there's the obvious drums of war are starting to beat in the background where it's like hey man are the empire and the federation about to square off over this issue and the people that are involved on the one side you've got the empire demanding stuff back and who is it that's responding oh jordan rochester uh the ex-fiance of ashling duvall like this is cool interesting interesting stuff look at what's going on with the federation You've got, you know, Hudson, who's very much not looking great these days as far as his chances of holding on to political power. And Hudson would be the absolute worst guy ever to be like, yeah, no, we're going to support these refugees. But you know who would be a great person to sub subject that idea? Uh, Felicia Winters, who is the person that would presumably be taking power if Hudson were ousted out of office. His own six of his own congressmen quit or senators quit just, just, just off of this. This is exciting, engaging story where we have a chance to affect the universe. So I'm saying, everybody, get out there and take part. Don't, don't be that guy that lets it sit to the side. Avoid real-world politics and get into the politics in-game. Roy. I was going to say, if you think Hudson's on the way out, it might be a good time to get pacifiers. Yeah. All right, tweet. Yeah, I was going to say echo that absolutely uh, FDEV is working hard giving us so much great great story here we want to thank them by taking part and participating in it and secondly if if hudson loses power yeah felicia winters might be the one to step up but if this stretches out a little bit maybe we get some new galactic powers when odyssey drops uh maybe we get some new galactic powers before odyssey drops i honestly i think we've I honestly think that we're going to get some new powers and see some old powers, maybe sunset before Odyssey, and then get new powers and new engineers. Keep in mind, there's a pantheon, there's space for 20 powers, and they only have, what, what 12 in now or whatever? There's there's room. There's more coming, I think. But yeah, give us, give us more now. Give us more later. Give us all of the things. All right, let's move it along. Uh, so yeah, the community goals, they're super awesome. Get involved, take part, enjoy the game. It's a game. If you're just worried about how many credits per hour you can get, then just mind pay night till your eyes bleed. But don't come crying to me when you're bored because there's, yes, go get your billions and then go have fun with the story. This is it. All right. So uh, next up, <laughs> Arson, uh, I think you might have a little sound... Uh, uh, what do you call it? A little sound clip or whatever for Tweak's tip of the week. And now it's time for Tweak's tip, tip, tip of the week. <laughs> <laughs> All awesome. right. 
awesome. Big, That's big awesome. shout out to Commander Texasus for that sound clip there. <laughs> okay, let's do this, everybody. The tip of the week this week. So you are getting ready to finally build your big, bad combat ship, right? You've got all the mats. You A-rate everything, except for that life support and those sensors, D-rate those. And you engineer the hell out of everything. It's all grade five, ready to go. Except for that slot one, that, that, that one little tiny slot one down at the bottom there of your optional internals. And you're thinking, eh, what good can I put there? I'll, why don't I just put in a advanced docking computer? Please, 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 for the love of all the gods in the universe, if you are building a combat ship, leave off the docking computer. Why? There's many things. If you're building a combat ship, you don't just want to build it and say, eh, it's good enough, right? Because you're going to run up against another ship that didn't say that. So I would suggest, please go with an interdictor if you're building a combat ship. Or even better, go with a module reinforcement, guardian or non-guardian, or a hull pack. And this is why. Just just one example from my personal experience. I had my fully grade five vet in a medium CZ by myself, and I get teamed up by all the spec ops. I, long story short, held on, won the CZ, defeated all the spec ops, but I made it out of that CZ with 0% hull, limped back to the station, docked, repaired, joined the 0% club that day. But had I not had that size one hull reinforcement there, I never would have made it out of that CZ. And if you're gonna do PVP with that ship, you can bet your bottom dollar that the, your opponent out there does not have a docking computer and they are going to have more hull, more module reinforcement. And in PVP, you need every advantage you can get. So please just pilot your ships, leave the docking computer at home, use that on your trade ships, your passenger ships, all those lazy ships, not your combat ships. Right on. Absolutely. 100% agree. All right. So let us move on to that is that was a great fucking tip. Seriously, tweet. Uh, let's move on to real life science. So right off the bat, we've got Osiris Rex with the successful collection. This was the biggest news of the week, period. Anything that you heard that you thought was bigger than this was not bigger than this. Osiris Rex, and there's a link in the show notes. NASA sent a satellite over 200 million miles away. It is right now uh, uh, at, at Bennu, 200 million miles away collecting samples. That is crazy. They successfully, so you can see the video of the whole thing live as it was happening. It successfully jumped down that one arm extended that's like a pogo stick. It it popped down onto the surface, made contact for just a few seconds. It blew a canister, one of three, I think, canisters that they have, uh, and it collected dust and particles and 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 uh, you know grams of little rocks and particles and stuff in that little filter capture thing, and then shot right back off just a second or two later. And they're collecting three. Uh, they're making three samples that they're going to collect and bring them back to Earth in 2023. 
and they're going to science the shit out of this. And, you know, you might be saying, well, what good is that? Dude, I, I don't know. But it's the, the smartest people on the planet are figuring this stuff out and they say that it's worth it and it's interesting and it's cool. And for me, just the idea that we can send something 200 million miles away, make a successful, precise collection like this and bring it back is amazing. So I just, I don't know, just huge, huge salute. Um, Arson, you had something on this. Dear Epstein, we need your drive. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, here's the thing. These guys are the Epsteins of today. These guys are the ones that are taking us to the forefront of what is possible and saying, hey, we need to go a little further. This is impossible now. Let's figure it out. This is the same continuation of the guys that got us to the moon and the guys that will get us to the Mars and, and Epstein one day. This is this is how it works, man. And 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 huge salute to these guys because that shit was incredible. Also, this week, NASA signed an international or NASA and international partners signed the Artemis Accords. Again, there's a link to the video that NASA put out on the subject. Um, it's basically explaining how what's going to get us to Mars, what's going to get us to Epstein, what's going to get us to the world of the expanse. Hopefully, a little not as dystopian, but you know whatever is this uh and look out there look at the picture that arson put on the screen that's the international space station flying in front of the moon that shit is glorious the moon is the next target and people will say oh we've been to the moon yeah no we haven't we showed up we dropped the flag we hung out for a couple hours and we left that's not going to the moon for realsies that's propaganda bullshit that we did because we were in a dick measuring contest with the soviets this is really going to the moon. And that means dropping down HABs, setting up permanent uh, uh, residence on the moon where we have people on the moon, a colony on the moon. Why? Why do we care? Well, several reasons. One, because we can't figure out how to permanently live on Mars or, or, or Titan or wherever else we're going, Europa, wherever else we're going without first learning how to do it on the moon, because we need to learn, we need to slip the tether of Earth and get out there for realsies long term. That's number one. Number two, a thing that a lot of people don't pay any attention to is the moon is the biggest gas station you've ever seen. It's full of, what is it, H3. It's full of the heavy helium. hydrogen, helium, uh, whatever. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's full of that stuff that is rocket fuel. And that shit, when you take two things, number one, it's way easier to rocket from the moon to go places, right? And two, because it's so light, there's next to no atmosphere to give you problems. There's next to no, uh, uh, there's very little gravity to cause issues. So it's much more economical to rocket from the moon than it is from Earth. It's just better. And, and they've got the fuel for it there. So we go there. We set up a base on the moon, and from there, we build a rocket. We assemble a rocket that was sort of pre-built on Earth. We assemble it there, and we fill it up with that fuel, and we launch to go to Mars. That's how we're getting to Mars. We're not getting to Mars from Earth. We're getting to Mars not... You can send a rover and all that stuff from Earth, but 
to send people and habs and heavy stuff to colonize Mars, you're going to need either A, a much bigger rocket, or B, you're going to need to go to the moon where you have the fuel and you have the optimal launch location to get you there. So that with a rocket, the size of what we use pretty much to get the little rover that we just sent, the rover and the helicopter, Perseverance and Inspiration or whatever, you can send actual people with a heavy payload so that they can live there and set up a habitation. There's a reason why on the, the Netflix show that, that came out, uh, what was it, Away, they showed that, like, why were they launching from the moon? Why did they launch from Earth to go to the moon and then from the moon to go to Mars? That's why. Science. Uh, it's important. So this scientific, this, this Artemis Accord that was sent out, it was signed by a bunch of countries. And this is the beginning of what gets us there. And NASA is taking the lead, but there are other countries that are involved that are going to be our partners in this. And we're going to learn, hopefully, together as a human species, we're going to go up there as audacity monkeys and figure out a way to become the forever monkeys. Remember last week, the moon is the doorway to forever. Roy, there was a Gizmodo article that was interesting. Uh, why don't you tell us about it? Yeah, it was actually a link to um, a paper written by a couple of very clever people, uh, L. Kaltenegger and J. Pepper. They wrote in the monthly notices of the Royal Astronomical Society letters um, a very clever analysis. And this is sort of a continuation of uh, some of the things I was looking into about exoplanet discoveries and methods for finding them. They posed the question, okay, we've got this database of many, many, many stars that uh, uh, tests the test satellite is is looking at how many of these systems uh, in which we may find planets actually could use the same method if there's intelligent life there to look back at us which of them would be aligned in a way that they'd see the earth cross in front of our sun and use the exact same method to see us so they went through the test the test database and filtered it down for you know a lot of logical things like different star types that might um you know, be more more likely to to host something intelligent. They they filtered it for a certain stars that were a certain distance out, um, stars that could, if you were looking from there back to Earth, would see Earth take at least ten hours to cross in front of the sun and so forth. Um, and they got this down to uh, uh, a, a fairly short a fairly short list. Um, when they got it right down to ones that were the closest to us, there was like ten. <laughs> Um, I thought this was fascinating because every, everything's always been about us looking out. And, and I think this is the, the first one I've seen of people thinking, well, um, you know, we're probably not the only ones here. What if there's people doing the exact same thing uh, to us as we're doing to them? Why, why, don't we, why don't we make a list of those? Those could be some interesting ones maybe to look at first it, once we have the ability to do like spectrograph of exoplanet atmospheres and look for astrobiology and that sort of thing. So um, there was a few more pictures there. Uh, uh, Arson, if you want to throw it up, I think it, it finishes with the actual list. Um, many of these are in Elite, I've checked. Um, and uh, actually quite a few of them are already in the bubble, but there's a number of them that are that are outside the bubble in Elite as well. So I thought that was really a, a, neat, a neat take on the whole exoplanet thing. Very cool. Very cool. Next up, NASA is going to make a major announcement about the moon on Monday. 
October 26th at noon Eastern Daylight Time. Um, we don't know what it is yet. What we do know is that it involves Sophia. Now, Sophia is uh, the Stratospheric Observatory for Infrared Astronomy. Let me explain to you what that is. It's a modified Boeing 747 that flies higher than much of the atmosphere, allowing its built-in nine-foot telescope to get a clear view of our solar system and the broader universe. The plane is able to get up above 99% of the atmosphere's water vapor, which normally is what obscures us from getting a clear view of space. The telescope instruments at the center of the flying observatory gather infrared light, meaning that it can pick up phenomena impossible to see with visible light. Uh, NASA has noted uh, in its announcement uh, that the same telescope was the one that was used to pick up atomic oxygen in Mars's atmosphere. So this is... What did they find on the moon? Did they find... You know, I, I don't know. Did they find some some you know water or or precursors or, or things that could be used chemically? You know, like did, did they find bits of oxygen, bits of water? Like they might have found molecules somewhere. Maybe for all we know, they found some 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 uh, leak uh, of of water vapor or something, some small something somewhere. Or maybe they found a leak of that. Uh, the gas that we know that we that that the moon has in abundance, that helium three or whatever that we can mine for rocket fuel, or maybe they found, I don't know, but whatever it is, we're going to find out on Monday. It's going to be super super exciting. I'm going to be watching it live, and uh, this is this is good stuff, man. It's 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 uh, it's super super interesting. So we'll see we'll see how it goes, where it goes, and lastly. Uh, you can go outside right now, tonight, and, and, and pretty much every night this week and get a great view of, you can witness the demon star in the night sky. And people might be saying, oh, what the hell is the demon star? Well, uh, in the night sky, you have, among other things, you've got the Perseus constellation, Perseus the hero. And one of the stars of Perseus the hero, towards the top, it's like the second to the top one that's on, on, on the top there is is Algol. And Algol is a um, it's it's an interesting system where you have two stars and there's one that's sort of an orangish star and there's one that's like a bright blue sort of Akinarian looking you know star where it's a much brighter brighter light. And uh, interestingly enough there's a, an anecdote about this star that uh, According to legend, uh, late in the 18th century, there was a famous Parisian, uh, Parisian astronomer that would stand on the Seine bridges, the bridges of the River Seine, on nights uh, when the variable star Algol was in eclipse to point out the remarkable phenomenon to passersby. So just imagine some crazy Frenchman with his, you know, his uh, 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 with, uh, telescope set up on the bridge and as people are walking by trying to get to wherever he's like hey you gotta see this and they call it the demon star because it winks from like a bluish light that's much brighter to like an orangish whatever and 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 they were like i i, I don't know, primitive people superstitions whatever like the orange blink it's like oh the ojo the the, 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 the eye of the demon i think it looks really cool and you can check it out because right now this week is the absolute sort of 
best time to check it out. Um, it's just a beautiful uh, opportunity to witness uh, the result of the eclipse of a binary star system. And and you can literally see it in the night sky with a telescope. If a Frenchman could see it 200 years ago, you could for sure see it today, presuming you can get to a place without light pollution and get yourself a nice little telescope. Roy, your thoughts on that? Just a, just a quick thought. I think it might actually be easier than that. I think you can actually see the difference with the naked eye. Um, and uh, depending on uh, – it's, it's worth following up the link because where you are in North America or Europe is going to change You know what time of day it would be best. But I think obviously with a telescope, you'd see it even better. But I think you can actually see it just by knowing where to look yeah. uh, in the sky. Yeah. But come on. Get a telescope. Do it right. <laughs> I just don't want to. I just don't want people who don't have access to a telescope to think, well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, go look. Sure. Like you can You're just right. go look. You're right. So. And also take this as an opportunity to learn. Like, hey, look, there's Cassiopeia. Cassiopeia. There's, you know, uh, Taurus. There's Perseus. And okay, right yeah. there for on on the side of Perseus, I guess. So it's on the top. Like if you're looking at it, but you're supposed to look your tilt your head sideways and see Perseus is like the guy there. And then Algol is basically where his one arm would be. And then he's Perseus for some reason just has one leg. Don't look too deeply into it. And he's got these other arm on the side and he's got a head. That's a weird kind of not really a circle, but yeah, there's also apps for iOS and Android that will just point it out to you as well that you can download that, you know, use your your phone's gyroscope and compass. And you can literally just, it's like an augmented reality thing. You just hold your phone up to the sky and it'll label everything that you're seeing. So, so um, go out there and have some fun with that. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, Arson, why don't we go ahead and get started with Roy's stories? Previously in Unisekashiro's story, Unbound. Dear Logan, there are some things I never told you, things that happened in the past long before we met. I want you to know that I'm very sorry about what happened to Owens. I did not mean to hurt him. Today an ISA agent showed up at the shipyard. He tried to force me to come with him. I was so scared. I don't want to go back into slavery. I'm sorry I never told you about my past. I wish I could have spent more time with you. It meant so much to me. I'm going to leave the bubble. By the time you read this letter, I will be hundreds of light years away, or in prison, or maybe dead. I'm crying right now because I realize we will never meet again. I'm so sorry. I love you. Yuna. We now rejoin Yuna Sakashiro's story in Part 6, Rumors and Questions. Brandon! Kyle shouted as he rushed into Valberg's diner and headed towards the counter. What the hell happened? I heard Owens is dead. Is that true? Brandon finished storing coffee cups on a shelf and turned around. Yeah, he and some other guy who was there with him. Shit, any rumors about who did it? Brandon picked up a kitchen rag and began wiping the countertop. Remember the girl that my brother had a crush on? The one with that Asian look? She stuck around with him occasionally. You might have seen her. Yeah, I remember her. Guess what? She appears to be the prime suspect. You've got to be kidding, said Kyle, shifting his head slightly backwards. The incident happened during a shift at the yard, and now she's gone missing. It doesn't necessarily mean she's the perp, though, said Kyle after a moment of thought. Brandon shrugged. Logan told me she was caught on camera. He was interviewed by the cops earlier today. They showed him the video. It doesn't seem to look good for her. Valberg had just finished lunch in his brother's diner when a man wearing a black suit stepped through the door and approached his table. Mr. Logan Valberg? That's me, Valberg replied. The man pulled a holographic badge out of his jacket and held it in front of Valberg's face. Jeffrey Rhodes, Coral City Police Department. I'm investigating the Owens shipyard case. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Sure, have a seat. Not here. 
There's something at the department that I want you to have a look at. Please follow me. Valberg looked around. The interrogation room was windowless and quite dark, except for a single lamp that hung from the ceiling and cast a bright cone of light onto the table below. Rhodes and Valberg were sitting at opposite ends of the table. In the shadow behind Rhodes, Valberg could see the steel-plated door through which they'd entered. The entire tabletop consisted of a screen now displaying the CCPD logo. Valberg noticed a considerable number of scratches on the glass. He suddenly imagined officers using the room to play card games while off-duty. Rhodes, who'd been mostly quiet on the way from the diner to the police station, started talking. He spoke softly, but with razor-sharp accuracy. Mr. Valberg, I'm aware it was you who called the police to the shipyard last night. It was quite late, though, outside the shipyard's regular business hours. Would you tell me why you were there? Martin Owens was a friend of mine. Valberg replied. We used to hang out together, quite a lot. Yesterday he wouldn't pick up the phone, which I found odd, so I decided to check him out. Rhodes nodded and laid his hand on the table, fingers stretched out. The CCPD logo quickly faded away. Mr. Valberg, I'd like to show you a video that was recorded by a surveillance camera in close proximity to the place where we found Mr. Owen's body. Rhodes tapped a set of controls on his side of the screen. A video started playing on Valberg's side of the table. Despite the camera's unfamiliar point of view, Valberg quickly identified the location. It was landing pad 6 of Owen's shipyard. A large vessel was docked, an anaconda. Rhodes zoomed into an area near the wall. Valberg could see a bald, broad-shouldered man walking towards the open passage to an adjacent room. Rhodes paused the playback and zoomed in further until the man filled almost the entire screen. Do you recognize this person? Valberg shook his head. Never saw him before. Playback resumed. The bald stranger disappeared inside the room. Then another man appeared. What about this one? That is Mr. Owens. Rhodes fast-forwarded until a third person appeared, a woman, black-haired, a shape Valberg recognized instantly. The video showed Sakashiro leaving the room that the two men had entered earlier. The gray jumpsuit she was wearing seemed damaged. She walked slowly, slightly bent forward, as if she had been in a fight, one hand trying to keep her balance the other pressing a respirator against her face. Have you seen this person before? asked Rhodes in his razor-sharp tone. She's one of Mr. Owen's employees. What's her name? Yuna Sakashiro. Did her work at the shipyard require her to wear a respirator? The respirator had nothing to do with her work. She once said she bought it because of Coral City's bad air, but she didn't wear it all the time. I would like to talk to her. Any idea where she might be? How would I know? Rhodes seemed surprised. Isn't she your girlfriend, Mr. Valberg? I hardly know her. Rhodes raised his eyebrows. Is that so? He tapped a few buttons on the screen. The surveillance video was replaced by a photo of a flat rectangular device that looked partly burned or molten, as if it had been sprinkled with acid. Do you recognize this object? Valberg shrugged. Looks like a smart pad to me. Mr. Valberg, I want to be straight with you. I don't think you're telling me the whole story. Is that so? quipped Valberg. Rhodes paused for a moment, keeping his eyes focused on Valberg. Then he leaned forward and touched the screen once more. Valberg watched the photo disappear. The screen started filling with text, transcripts of messages that Valberg had sent to Sakashiro. Mr. Valberg, listen to me carefully. I have two cold bodies in the morgue and a possible case of double murder on my desk. 
I will not allow you or anyone else to jeopardize this investigation. If I get the impression one more time that you were hiding information from me in order to protect your girlfriend from law enforcement, I promise you I will take you down with her." He paused for a moment, then raised his voice. Do you understand, Mr. Valberg? Valberg avoided eye contact with them. Yes, Mr. Rhodes. Okay, Yuna. This story, man. We, uh, we definitely need to see where this goes. This was to you, Yuna. Uh, I don't, so Roy, are we doing, are we going to leave people on this cliffhanger and go back to, I like how we're leaving this where people are like, no, thing. No, that'd be a little unfair. I think, I think we'll do uh, one more for sure of Yuna, maybe two. They go um, back to yeah, let's let. I want to get a little traction in each one before we, you know, it depends where the where the cliffhangers come in the stories. So, fair. I dig it. It's well done. And like I said, this is all your baby, so you you just bring it, and we'll go from there. Well, it's right. great source. It's great source material, so I can't take too much credit. It is. This community is blessed with a uh, a bunch of great writers, and it's it's super super interesting. If anything, I hope that uh you know yuna's in in chat right now and 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 mac had some very kind words to say uh both to us in general for putting it on and you specifically roy mm -hmm. uh for doing great great work up with the readings i hope that we're helping to sort of inspire the great writers of the community to put out more content so that we can cover it absolutely all right so it's time to move on to discussion topics so the first topic we already discussed which was the whole thargoid probes thing uh we discussed it when we were talking about the uh if, if someone's just jumping to the section go back to the section where we we're talking about community goals and you will see uh, uh that you will hear that discussion but um the second topic that i want to get to tonight is suits suits modules and variants and here's what i mean by this we've all heard the statement that, uh, well, you know, in Elite Odyssey, uh, uh, suits are the new ships. That's, you know, what the new, you know, the new whatever is going to be. And I think a lot of times people hear a sound bite like that and they parrot it. They just disengage their brain, say the thing that they've heard someone else say, and then move on with their life. And I want to stop and let's examine what does that mean? Suits are the new ships. So we know so far that there are three variants of suits. And I think that I, I submit that that's all there will be right now, but that those ships, sorry, those suits are affected both by modularity and engineering. Now, modularity, when we're talking about whatever, some of it could be just, I bought a different module. I put in a, a extra this or a, 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 a size higher or a rated or whatever different rating of of this module and i get all of the extra bonuses but i have some downside it has extra you know uh energy requirements or it conflicts with this thing or that thing or whatever um maybe there's going to be some equivalent of a, a power distributor in there and like you can you get a larger power distributor okay that takes more energy but now you can run you know, like if you've got a small power distributor, maybe you can't run your jetpack and 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 your something else at the same time. But if you get a larger one, maybe you can run the jetpack and the shield at the same time. 
but with more power draw, whatever. But let's look at, you know, we know what engineering is and we know that some modules you could probably just buy and some modules you're going to have to unlock. You're going to have to, just like you have to unlock your Guardian Frameshift Drive booster. Uh, you might have to run missions or do a thing or accomplish a task or scavenge whatever pieces to unlock out of a tech broker or whatever, those things. But let's really examine the suits for a moment and say, well, how will that play out? What's the nitty gritty of that? So, okay, in a ship, you have a shield. We already know in your suit, you have a shield or you can have a shield. You might not get it just so some ships don't have it. You might not have it unless, you, you know, you got to put it in and whatever. It works how it works. Uh, we know that there's jetpacks. We've seen that already, <clears throat> you know, in your suit. In your ship, you have your thrusters. In your suit, you have jetpacks. What if in certain suits you have modules that have increased uh, sort of, that has like motors, like server servo motors on the arms and legs or whatever that you would need to use on a high G planet to in order, order to actually function on that higher gravity? What if... Uh, let's look at, let's just look at the ship here. We've got, so the first thing you have on your ship is your, in Coriolis, you got your, your, your armor. Okay. Obviously I, I, I submit to you that you will have the ability to have different modules for your armor. And obviously the combat suits, I think will be better suited towards that. You've got the power plant. I think you're going to have the same thing in your suit. You're going to have your battery pack, which is going to function as your power plant. That's the you know, you're not actually going to have, I don't think, a nuclear generator in your suit, but you're going to have a battery pack that that recharges every time you hop in the SRV or charge recharges every time you hop in the ship uh, that, you know, has those abilities or whatever. You're going to have your thrusters, jetpack, okay. Frameship drive, I don't think that one's going to have an equivalent uh, as whatever. Life support, for sure you're going to have life support in your ship. That's going to be important. Power distributor, I submit you're going to have that as well. Sensor pack, I submit that as well. Fuel tank, again, I think fuel tank and power plant combined for battery pack. Um, let's look at optional internals. The first thing we see in Coriolis is you've got shield generators. Okay, for sure. We know that you're already going to have it. Then you come on recon limpet controller. Okay, what would a limpet controller, how does that translate into a suit? I submit to you uh, as, a, as a thought experiment. What if some suits have either like a little laptop or a little arm device, an arm computer screen that from that you focus on that and you deploy personnel drones and you could have a recon drone. You could have a collector drone. It's just how you have a collector limpet. You have a collector drone that goes into some uh, area like where there's exposed wiring and there's, you know, uh, electrical something, or there's, there's some, chemicals that are corrosive or whatever you have a drone that goes in and picks up a, a thing like a like a collector limpet and brings it back to you uh to you know for ah, i can't reach that or it's a too small of a place or it's too high or it's too low or it's corrosive or it's dangerous you've got your collector drone instead of your collector limpet you want to keep an eye on an area you've got a recon loan uh, a drone instead of a a recon limpet um you want to uh sort of you know, maybe you have combat effective drones that, you know, my suit is set up such that, you know, I've got kind of shit shields. I, I don't have great whatever, uh, but I'm not looking down a rifle scope. I'm looking at my 
combat drone screen and, and it has certain abilities. Uh, I can tag targets that then make it easier for other people on my team to drop munitions or whatever. Um, so there's a lot, I, I, let's just, just, just substitute limpet. Let's just substitute drone as a thought experiment. Meta alloy hull reinforcement. So you got, you know, shield reinforcements, hull reinforcement, reinforcements, module reinforcements. Well, let's just assume that you have the ability to have all of those things with, with, with shields, uh, or sorry, with, with your, your, your suit. So you have some form of, uh, uh, extra padding, extra armor plates that you can add on. It takes slots, it fills up slots, and it might even uh, have energy consumption draw. I don't, maybe no, may, like maybe it's a charged ablative plating or something. You've got an AFMU. Okay, well, you know, we know that you've got repair limpets and we know that you've got an AFMU in the ship. What if you have some built-in thing that will slowly help to repair armor or, or will auto patch armor that you have to apply between rounds of combat or whatever, but it, it takes up a space or it takes up energy consumption. Cargo racks. Well, this is obvious. Cargo rack in your ship, backpack or cargo material housing in your, uh, uh, you know, on your suit. Uh, some kind of electronic warfare, as Abel Area is saying in the chat, a chameleon molecule, a module, sorry, for stealth activities could be interesting. What if you had some electronic warfare capabilities? And I would, I would just submit that you, you're probably going to have a squad assault gunner in your group. You're probably going to have a sniper in your group. You're probably going to have an electronics warfare officer in your group. And, and that electronics warfare officer might set up for a stealthy stuff, B, or, or maybe your stealthy stuff is goes with your sniper. And your e-warfare officer does drones and does support. Like he has Healy beams for your for your suit, or he has uh, uh, Dynadyne, Vanadyne, Vitadyne, Nanomeds. You know, whatever as as your as your corpsman. Uh, so we've got FSD interdictor. Okay, well we don't have SSDs, but we do have jetpacks. What if your electronics officer had the ability to do something that would screw with other people's FSDs, fuel, obviously, battery packs, fuel scoop. I don't see that one playing uh, directly. Um, you know, fighter hangers and planetary vehicle hangers. I, I think that comes back under the drone heading. Um, prospector limpid. What if you had a drone that would help you to mine materials or scavenge materials or whatever? Uh, passenger cabin, obviously that doesn't work. Refinery, maybe, maybe you have a refinery. Maybe you, you have something that processes materials that you bring back in on your suit or what have you. Um, you know, there's just shield cell banks. What if there was a, a personal suit shield cell bank that functioned the same way as, you know, the, the ship analogy? Um, there's just so many possibilities. And then you've got things like the flight assist or docking computer, what, you know, I'm talking about, or and scanners. Uh, what if you had advanced sort of computer options, but it had more power draw? All right, let's bring let's bring everybody in on this topic. Um, let, let's start off with Arson. Uh, I'm 
my biggest curiosity is on the jetpacks. Um, I, I can be quoted as saying on one of our earlier episodes on this topic that I very, very much want like Star Wars esque jetpacks and flying. Um, more recently, I've been playing a little bit of Titanfall too. Yeah, Mandalorian uh, jetpacks. That Boba kind of thing. Fett. Yeah, uh, but uh, while playing Titanfall two. I started thinking, you know, maybe, because I don't know how realistic of an expectation, you know, Mandalorian jetpacks are, but I wonder what, where does the mobility line with the jetpack, where is that drawing? And is the whole concept of suits or the new ships with including the mindset of jetpacks I, I oh, yeah. don't know. I'm. I think jetpacks are what I'm really stuck on the most. I am really looking forward to being able to tweak it. I'm hoping. Uh, I want to be the corpsman. I want to have the meds. I want to be running around supporting people and healing people. Um, I do like the idea of the drones. I, I, I can see jetpacks very much being a thing, and I can see also jetpacks being a thing that are eschewed by combat commanders where they're like hey man i'm a squad assault gunner I'm, i've got heavy stuff i don't have uh, a jetpack because I, I don't i don't launch man i that, that's taking up too much of my battery power and i need the heavy shielding or or, or whatever um you know just to, just to add this out there throw it out there you know you've got stuff like heat sinks in a ship what if you had some thing that was similar to, to dissipate excess heat buildup in your suit or, or, or chaff launchers. What if you had some, or an electronic countermeasures? What if you had some things that were similar to that? What if you had, you have a manifest scanner, a kill warrant scanner, a frame shift wake scanner and a, a Xeno scanner. What if we had, instead of a manifest scanner, one-to-one, -one, you had something that you could scan a guy's suit and go say, hey man, he's, he's, he's uh, holding this stuff. What if you had a kill warrant scanner that would show up? Well, this guy's wanted. What if you had a frame shift wake scanner? So uh, a scanner that would be more of like a tracking scanner where you could track footsteps or whatever and be like, okay, this I'm seeing heat signature or I'm seeing something. This guy's been through this area. A Xeno scanner for when we get to the point where we're going to shoot Thargoids in the face. Tweet, drop some knowledge on me. Well, a couple of things. That was a lot of stuff you just listed off there, but I would argue with a couple points okay i don't believe fuel and battery are going to be the same thing i think our fuel tank is going to be with the jetpack and on the jetpack i think that it's not i don't think we're going to get a full-on mandalorian fly all over the place kind of jetpack i think it's going to be more like a uh, mass effect andromeda jump pack more mm -hmm. like to uh, soften the falls or get up on a cliff or something along those lines but i think we will have to monitor our fuel with that and I think we'll have the equivalent of a power plant on our suit to power the battery, the shield, which powers the shields and the lights and all that kind of stuff. But where I really get interested... Go ahead. Go, go, that was, no, you go ahead first. Uh, so, okay, number one, I dig the idea that you, you're saying, okay, the fuel tank isn't going to be... Fuel tank is separate. Fuel tank is going to be just for the jetpack. But you're thinking that instead of a battery... You're going to have a actual power plant on the suit that can sort of regenerate and keep like perpetually something going, right? Well, I saying? don't know. I don't know that it'll regenerate. I mean, it, I think there's going to be okay. Maybe not a power plant. If if they have set a battery, maybe more like a power distributor. I guess is what I'm thinking. 
okay. to, to send that power to all the different places. And, and also, I do think there might be the equivalent of a fuel scoop, too, if if we're running low on fuel in our jetpack, but there is whatever we need for fuel in our jetpack in a cave somewhere or in this icy mountain or whatever, maybe there is a way for us to get that out of there. Mm. Where I really get excited with the suits, though, is not with all of this kind of stuff it's when we can start mixing and matching so all of this sounds great when you build a exploration suit to explore or a combat suit to go fight but what i'm looking forward to doing is seeing how far i can push say a scavenger suit and get it so it's combat survivable so when i'm spending an hour in a crashed anaconda somewhere i have enough battery life i have enough oxygen but also if somebody comes behind me and shoots me in the back, I don't die instantly. I've got enough shields to absorb the the shot and a fast enough gun to be able to turn around and take the guy out. So well, we, that's, we already that's know where that I that's, get excited. We already know that's a given because they've said that you can do different things in different suits and you can do combat in the scavenging suit. It just won't be as effective or whatever. So that's we already know that that's a given that with the modularity and the fact that you can do cross purposes for the suits that 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 is your 100% right to be excited for it because that's coming uh arson yeah so the what you just said there tweaked has me uh i guess tweaking on the thought of the limpets if if we have limpets or some kind of drone uh you know maybe put some drones outside and then you, you get the the heads up that oh something was detected coming into the wreck Mind you, something that means it could be a person, it could be something else. Um, but then you get that little warning, and then you have time to set up a trap and choosing how to outfit your suit to accommodate that. That's going to be a really interesting, uh, interesting idea if we have those kind of abilities, like even just a tripwire, you know, a little deployable tripwire, things like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, Roy. In, th in thinking about how far can you take the analogy of suits are the ships, um, uh, like Tweak just mentioned an idea about fuel scoop. Maybe fuel scoops are solar cells. Uh, maybe it's more about the battery, a way to recharge the battery, or you can recharge from a settlement power node or something. Um, one that I haven't heard mentioned is, you know, ships can ram things. Does that mean we'll have some form of melee combat, even if it's just running into people? Um, and what about on a ship, you can there's a, there's a big sort of um, differentiation between fixed, gimbaled, and turreted weapons. Is there going to be that same uh, sort of stratification in weapons that have varying degrees of, I don't know, aim assist or automation? Um, maybe one of the last ones would be um, one thing that I don't see so much in ships, unless it sort of happens organically, that may happen a lot more on foot is squad-based thinking like the you you mentioned the different arc some of the different archetypes that come up you know tank cannon healer soldier sniper heavy weapon specialist engineer it seems like in games there's a lot of um fpf games where that sort of planning is a lot more important than maybe it has been with ships in elite you go to a cz with your friends everyone's got a combat ship you know maybe somebody's got a weapon that's the heli beams on it but it's not like a make or break decision. Mm -hmm. um, maybe that's going to be much more driven um, in in sort of group combat uh, on foot. 
Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. And as far as the 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 whole where you said, what about other weapons? Yeah, we haven't even gotten the hard points. We know we're going to have, you know, rifles. We know we're going to have pistols. We know, uh, we assume, rather, we, that we're, we're going to have grenades. We haven't got confirmation of that. Uh, there we could have landmines. But you know what nobody's mentioned yet? A goddamn laser sword. That's right. This one's going out to Dr. K. Laser sword. <laughs> I'm talking about a more elegant weapon of a more civilized time until I laser sword you in the face with it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Tweaked. Well, just uh, real quick on Roy's point, I would contend that that squad-based planning that you're talking about, Roy, does exist in Elite Dangerous when you're wing fighting in PvP. We will very often set our wing up so that our ships uh, complement each other out there. Uh, but I do think it's going to be much, much more pronounced once once we get Odyssey and we get on the ground. Hard points are super exciting. I would love it, but I don't see a lightsaber slash laser sword. I can't say laser sword, I'm sorry. I, can't, I don't see a lightsaber coming <laughs> our way anytime soon. So <laughs> It's just being silly, but uh, yeah, and, and for sure, for sure, Servidian in the in the chat. Uh, I, I could definitely see a system where you have, you know, as far as missiles, you have like Bobby Draper. You have the suit. You 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 designate the five. You paint the five targets, and then you hit the button, and the little, uh, uh, you know, the rounds, the rocket rounds, kind of shoot up out of your shoulder pack, and then orient themselves to the target, and and you know, take out the painted targets. All right, uh, we got to move on, but I'm going to give Roy the, the final word on this one before we move on to the next topic. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say, and it's a much deeper topic than we can cover here, but I thought there was there's some there's some fun stuff with weapon engineering on ships that, that would have effects uh, maybe more meme-driven meme on uh, on foot, like force shell, for example. Push somebody uh, up a cliff, yeah. Or, or drag, uh, emissive, scramble spectrum, all kinds of neat things that might act a little differently on foot. Right on, for sure. Good stuff. All right, so we've got we've done the the suit uh, topic. We've done the Thargoid probe topic. Uh, now let's move on to uh, sort of timeline topic. Um, here's the thing: uh, I was predicting that we were going to have uh, developer diary developer diary three by the end of October. That was when we had the roundtable Super Friendos discussion. That was my prediction. But we are now in the week before the end of the month, and we have not heard yet. And I think the way they did with the other ones, they kind of let us know sort of a week or two before that they were coming, that they were coming. And we're at the end of October next week, and we haven't heard yet. Now, I noticed in watching both the live stream, uh, really both live streams, but especially on Monday's Super Cruise News live stream, man, they were getting hammered in the chat with Dev Diary 3 when? When when Dev Diary 3? Dev, I want Dev Diary 3. Hello, Dev Diary 3. So they didn't mention it, which leads me to wonder, like, is it coming is it maybe I'm wrong? Maybe they're going to announce, hey, on Monday, hey, it's coming Thursday. Okay, but we already have a special theme on stream on Thursday for the Halloween stream. And I feel like that if you're going to do a big in game event, it doesn't make sense to sort of step all over that with 
oh, and by the way, here's this other thing, and that's the only thing people are going to be talking about. So then that means Dev Diary 3, not in the end of October, maybe early November, maybe middle November, maybe late November, maybe who knows? And what does that mean for Dev Diary 4 and 5 and 6 that we had sort of presumed were coming? And what does that mean, you know, as of next week, Horizons is free for all and and rolled into the base game. My suspicion was that you were going to do that in preparation to get your SKUs sort of limited down so that you were everything was clean, the decks were clean, and you were ready to drop pre-order for Odyssey. Uh, but, you know, time frame wise, it's like, okay, if the dev diaries aren't going to be coming as fast as we thought they were, and maybe they still are, maybe they're not, I don't know. But then what does that mean for timelines on the pre-order? What does that mean for timelines on beta tests? Are there going to be beta tests? Question mark. Uh, we know that Frontier said that they were committed to doing beta tests on uh, updates. This is a paid update. Um, I would hope and I would I would very much like to say I presume that they would be doing beta tests. But there is a possibility that they could be saying because Frontier had not mentioned betas anywhere at all yet on this subject that I know of or can recall. So the fact that we're this far along in the process, maybe their thinking is, well, we want it because this paid update is such a huge thing that's full of spoilers and stuff. Maybe we're not going to do one. And then there's release date question. Maybe I'm wrong as far as like, no, it's okay. They're still on their timeline because my guess on when they were going to release the game, which was January, maybe that's off. Maybe it's February or March. I don't, whatever. So let's start going through the list. Uh, I think was Roy the first one on this? I think that, oh no, Tweak was the first one on this topic. So, Well, I was just going to say that I hope there's a beta but I'm not positive. Like you say, they haven't said anything about a beta. And, mm. and I'm thinking that maybe they're they're afraid that it would be... Uh, I, I don't think they want any spoilers to come out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if they want somebody to test the beta, I'm raising my hand right now. Nobody can see me, but I'm raising my hand. Pick, pick, pick me, please. But I'm afraid that they are afraid of any spoilers getting out there. I think when this drops, they want it to be big news for everybody clamoring to get to it. Okay. All right, Roy. Was there a beta for Horizons? Yes. Yes, there was. Would you say there was, um, you know, qualitatively less to worry about with spoilers there? Oh, for sure. Less to worry about spoiler-wise, but also mm -hmm. more to test. So that, that argument weighs both ways. It canceled mm -hmm. it out, I think. Arson, you've been silent so far. What are your thoughts on timeline for the dev diaries, pre-order questions, betas, maybe, maybe not, when, if, whatever, release date, all of it? Yeah, so so timelines, you know, it, it'll be here when it's here. Uh, it's not here yet. We haven't heard anything yet, so probably sometime next month. I'm okay with that. Um, I am looking forward to it. 
uh, very, very meaty stuff coming. Uh, I guess the thing that I would prefer to talk about the most, I guess, though, is is betas. Um, betas are exceptionally important to me. Uh, it's it's the one time I take the betas very, very seriously. Um, and yeah, I mean, could it be considered spoilers for some of the mechanics? Absolutely. But the thing is, it doesn't matter how good your QA team is. Frontier staff are never going to play the game the same way that we do. And if you don't do a beta test, you're not going to get things really tested properly. Things that are blatantly obvious to players aren't going to be blatantly obvious to Frontier the same way, even if they are playing the game. Um, so I really, uh, number one, I, I hope that they beta test. And, and honestly, I trust Frontier in the commitment that they made uh, to s recently where they said that they were going to... Uh, to focus on trying to make betas. I, I bet you that they are uh, going to let us beta test Odyssey. Do I think it's going to happen before the end of the year? Absolutely not. But I do expect at most probably two weeks of beta before it goes live. You think just one beta? Because I'm thinking probably two betas. I think it's possible two betas. Uh, in fact, it's it's potentially more likely but i don't want to kind of set that expectation even though they have a trend of doing that uh just based off the fact that uh what will probably happen is they will do okay you know two weeks of beta or one week of beta and then if they have enough issues that warrant postponing launch uh it, it, i just feel like they're going to want to get it out officially the another curiosity though uh that I have is, are they going to lock the beta to LEP owners, um, the lifetime expansion pass holders, um, or are they going so to all. open it up? Because uh, I, I will say I'm a LEP holder now, but before I got LEPs on the last sale, I was constantly bitter about the fact that I couldn't participate in beta tests and all the people that had access weren't actually doing uh, doing the needful, so to speak. Uh, so while I would have access if it was locked down, I really hope it's not locked down to lep holders only. I really don't see them doing that. I think that's a very bad look and I think they know it. Roy? Yeah, I'm reminded of a conversation you and I had several shows back where I was asking about you know how much of this um this being new abilities we have to land or walk or whatever might end up being explained in game as some kind of new development you know built into the lore um you know because in 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 other aspects of the game um even if you look between iterations of elite there's been lore explanations for things around like why why the uh the FSD changed um, different technologies and so forth. And I'm curious if, if we see that this is going to be something where there's just hand wavium and all of a sudden we can land on certain planets and get out of our ships or was uh, Vitadine nanomeds, you know, the first of what may be a few uh, in-game uh, happenings or uh, tech developments, or, you know, now people don't need to be quarantined as much and you can land on certain planets. Um, because if they're going to do that, they kind of have to do it soon. 
if if this is an early quarter one release and they've got a bunch of CGs and other lore developments coming along, then I would think we would start to see some of that uh, starting to be released for it to have some sort of continuity with what we're doing now. Or or do you think it's just going to be bang there it is and we can just do it and you know we it's a game and don't worry about it. it. We may have already seen it released. Fidedine Nanomeds. Well, that, that, that only explains a fraction of it. I mean, that, that's maybe your healing potion or something, um, or maybe yeah. how you don't uh, contaminate people. I don't know. Uh, um, Naomi Nagata says hello from Illis. Nice. <laughs> you, I, if you didn't get the reference, I, I'm trying to be whatever with it, but yeah, it the could expanse. be that you need those medicines in order to be able to function physiologically on the yeah the high g stuff yeah i get that now um so so i guess my point would be that's kind of a small play in terms of explaining it by lore if that's the only element well i mean that plus hand wavium but but i mean i'm just saying it could be whatever uh tweaked yeah i I, on that point i would say i don't know that we need any lore to explain why we're all of a sudden walking around planets and walking around stations and going to these settlements and stuff because i think in well i know in my head and i think in fdevs and in, in, in david braben's head we've always been able to do this it's just the technology wasn't there yet so we couldn't do it per se but mm. in in the canon and everybody's head canon we don't just sit in our ships all the time we'd, we'd have some nasty sores if that were the case uh i really don't think that that's a big problem i think there's a fine line to walk between staying with the lore and explaining every little detail like that and providing fun gameplay i think you have to be careful to to find the proper balance between the two yeah i mean i I, just just in my head uh, this was a discussion we talked about yesterday at the rundown meeting um it's been a thing that i was thinking of like well how are they going to handle death how are they going to are you going to do like Eve with Capsuleers and how, you know, where are the clones and what's the deal? And if you're in your, you know, if you're in your SRV and you die, you pop back up in your ship. But if you're in your SRV and you're able to get out and scan a plant with your plant gun, well, then you were physically there. You weren't a hologram. So how does that work? And then it just literally, uh, this is something that comes back to something that Subarine said that I, that I just couldn't like, it just clicked at that point. It's like, Hey, it's a video game. Relax. Like, to me, it's important that they get certain things internally consistent and logical. It's important that you have uh, made provisions for outposts, the little tiny shoebox stations, if you don't have a way to simulate gravity there through the, the Coriolis effect or centrifugal or whatever effect where things are spinning and that makes a false gravity. That's important. It's not as important to me to explain how come I die and then I pop back up because it's a video game. And there's certain things that you just look the other way on so you can have fun. Because if you try to explain it so hard, so detailed that people point and, and poke holes in all of your arguments, at that point, you're just taking away. If, if it's like, oh, you pop back up, but you're now in a station 40,000 light years away because you, you that's where you have your clone station. Oh, that would suck. That would be unfun. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, you can only be out of your ship for eight minutes because that's how we figured that's going to work as far as whatever and then you have to get back in or suffocate well then you're limiting what we can do for fun like so certain extent hand wavium's okay let it go just head cannon whatever work around it arson 
Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna mirror that hand waving part. There are some things that you know don't necessarily need to be explained, really, um, because as you said, they poke holes in it, uh, and people really latch onto it a little bit too much. The thing is, I do like when certain things are explained, though, and I really hope that you know that, that there's a little bit of acknowledgement. I mean, I've been playing the we've what five six years since the game came out you know having a little bit of a lore reason and acknowledgement for you know why i've never been able to walk around the station that, that would kind of feel a little bit like uh something creating a little bit more depth do i want it to be super super complex not necessarily i for my for me my headcanon has always been that uh our ships or our our class of people in the elite universe are uh i guess a necessary evil so to speak and kind of separated it from everybody else but you know there's only things that somewhat insinuate that but no actual real official lore that i've seen or heard of so i'd like to see something about it but not at the detriment to gameplay and based off what frontier said i really don't think that they are taking a lore first uh approach to the game design and i'm not saying that as a slight i am saying that as praise um and i i, I trust them with the direction uh, i do want to see a little bit of that lore but you know i can live without it so yeah 100 percent. here's the other thing to keep in mind what are we seeing in the galaxy what are we seeing in the story context wise we're seeing the federation the head guy hudson is in some hot water might be losing some power maybe people are starting to question things on the federal side what are we seeing on the on the empire side we're seeing uh you know they're having some hot water they're they're making some questionable choices and their citizens they're they've got refugees and 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 some of their people are being assassinated whatever so maybe maybe this comes down to a really well crafted storyline where at the end of this uh chapter not the end of the whole storyline but the end of this chapter that is the let's say pre uh, epilogue uh no prelogue pre epilogue Epilogue is the first after the prologue. Epilogue's no, after. No, prologue. Prologue. Prologue is beginning. The prologue to Odyssey is the story getting in a position where you know, sort of, the major powers are weakened so much that the Pilots Federation is able to jump in and snatch a bunch of power and say, "Hey, we're changing some shit. We're gonna now our our union is now arguing in favor of our pilots. They should be able to go into the stations, damn it. They should be able to walk around in buildings if they want to. And maybe, you know, the pilots federation is emboldened by the weakness perceived of major superpowers and and step in and 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 cut a better deal for us that now has us walking around in buildings like we're almost full-on citizens and whatnot. Who knows? But it all remains to be seen. I'm going to hit all of you guys in order. I want answers on on the rapid fire questions. Don't. This is not a paragraph long. This is rapid fire. Roy, your thought on Developer Diary three? Will there be a four, five, and six? When like just when do you think? Uh, I think it'll get hit in November and December, and then that that's it. Okay. Pre-order. When do you think it launches? Uh, before Christmas. Okay. Beta. Will there be one, two, how many, when? Uh, two. And and I think that's also uh, going to line up with the pre-order. Okay. 
uh, and release date? End of January. All right. Arson. Dev Diary 3, 4, 5, 6. When? How many? What? So I'm going to say maybe two, three more Dev Diaries at the most. Uh, How far? November, December. And maybe January. Uh, All right. Pre-order. Fat one. Uh, Honestly, I don't remember them doing pre-orders, so I'm not going to say they will. Beta. Yes. uh, Two probably two um and possibly three if there's significant issues uh, beta dates how far spread i think betas will be january uh and release will be february all right that answers the last one tweet uh dev diaries two three four or sorry we had two already three four five six when how many what I think we're going to see the next one probably within a few weeks, give or take. I think we'll get the other two, I would say, early December and then maybe right after the new year for the last one. Okay. Pre-order. Uh, pre-order, if one happens, I'm hoping, I would hope it would be early December, early to mid-December for that. Beta. I don't know that there's going to be a beta. I don't honestly believe there is going to be a beta for this. Release date? Uh, Mid-January. All right. Um, With regard to developer diaries, uh, I'm just not going to comment. I don't know. Uh, Whatever. Uh, Pre-orders, I think we're going to get it within the next two weeks. Uh, Release or, or betas. I think we will have two. I think we will have one. Man, one end of November going into beginning of December, one uh, mid-December or early to mid-December, and then uh, release date. I'm still sticking to January. I know it's. I'm starting to get little rumblings in my gut that I might have been wrong on the call, but I'm still sticking to it for now. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. We're, we're all on the record with our predictions. We'll, we'll see how and when and, and where it comes. Uh, so that brings us to our community questions. Community question number one is, what do you think on the whole Thargoid probe thing? What do you investigate about it? The new non-human signal source level four, uh, you know, put in your tinfoil hats, put in your theories, go work it out. Let's see what's, what's what. Uh, community question number two. Deep dive into the suits. What modules do you want to see in the suits? What do you think would be a horrible idea? What do you think would be fantastic? What do you think are like, oh, this is for sure going to happen? Uh, what do you think that that hasn't been explicitly already stated that we could add to the, the conversation on the suits as the new ships? But like, let's not just parrot the point. Let's actually think about it and come up with some some content here. And then lastly, Timeline questions. What do you think on Dev Diaries? When do you think we'll get Dev Diary 3? Will there be a Dev Diary 4? If so, when? 5, 6, etc. What do you think on pre-orders? Will there be one? I think there will 100% be a pre-order. I think there was already pre-orders for the other stuff. I think the Cobra Mark IV was originally a Horizons pre-order gift that then also extended to people that purchased it within i think 60 to 90 days or whatever of the actual launch but it started off as a pre-order gift i think there are going to be uh whatever but so what do you think on pre-order will there be a beta what do you think sound off with your feelings if you're like hey guys 
for sure do a beta on this. Look back at where we were at beta one of fleet carriers and where we were at launch of fleet carriers. Look at the massive difference and let's look at the fact that there is a value to beta on two fronts. A beta test is valuable, number one, so that you can fix problems. That's huge. Oh shit, this happened and it just causes everything to crash. Okay, that's huge to fix that ahead of time. But it also is valuable for two other reasons. One, because it allows you to collect the feelings of your players when they all go onto the forums and say, screw you, I'm never buying a fleet carrier because your upkeep cost is 15 times higher than it should be. And it allows you to collect that data of what your players are saying. But also for a company standpoint, just as important, it allows you to collect metrics, not just what they say they're going to do, but what they actually do. And those things don't always line up. There's lots of times where people will say, God damn it, fleet carriers, this is crap. Are you, are you have to pay rent, wah, 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 whatever the complaints are, right? And then you look, so that's the, the, the feelings, because even after they fixed fleet carriers and lowered the rent by a ton, uh, the, the upkeep costs or whatever, after they did that, there were still many, many people that were saying, fleet carriers suck, I'm not in, I'm out, this is no good, whatever. That was what the, the forums were collecting as verbal feedback from their group. But the metrics, what the company was seeing was higher player hours than ever, higher peak players, higher concurrent players, higher, like they saw massive, massive uptick in player hours and player numbers all around the several months surrounding fleet carriers. So I think the beta has a value there. And if you want to make your voice heard to Frontier right now to argue in favor of the beta, maybe you don't care, in which case, say nothing. But if you care, say it. This is the time. So yes, that's community questions one, two, and three. Let's move on to state of the game. My state of the game, I'm going to say the state of the game is good. I'm downgrading it a little from super duper fantastic i'm over the moon i'm gonna be a little more cautious here and say it's good and the reason why it's getting to downgrade is uh even despite all of the fantastic things that we told you tonight and we did tell you a lot of great things that are happening in the game but i'm a little nervous by not hearing anything in october about this dev diary 3 and maybe you share my feelings maybe you think i'm being overly whatever but i'm not I'm not talking trash. I'm just downgrading it from excellent to good. Good is still good, but it could be better. Roy. Uh, I'd say the state of the game is very good. There's still way more things I can keep up with in terms of, you know, playing different game loops or doing Amen. all the CGs. Um, God, I, had, I really enjoyed the the aspect of the, the Thargoid CG around, uh, you know, I was able to knock out every single guardian module <laughs> and weapon and fighter and that's I something that i've been well. wanting to do for a long time so i was very happy with that yeah I'm, I'm so sorry that i forgot to mention that during the show there's just too much stuff for us to keep track of <laughs> i but roy and i both went down and got all of the things and we now have every last guardian module unlocked we took advantage and hey the sale is still going on yeah, still this going week as well so get out there and get it done 
but okay so we we both rate the show as good or the, the state of the game is good arson state of the game I'm having so much fun. Um, I also went out and and unlocked every single Guardian module. Uh, yeah, I, I was disappointed though that the Guardian the SLFs were not yeah. present. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. I already um, had them, so yeah. But but yeah, yeah it was I a long trip back. It's like hey, <laughs> yeah, I, on sale. I got all of them but one. I, I will say this about the discount. That discount. I really feel like that's what the Guardian modules should be across the board. Just <laughs> just normally. Because uh, mm. the amount of effort that I spent just... Because I had over half of the modules in the game already unlocked. Um, now I have everything except for the Lance unlocked. Uh, and that was only because it wasn't there. I really feel like the time investment, it, it should be on par with what it is at that discount right now. Uh hmm. But but like I said, other other than that, you know that was a really awesome thing. More unique rewards. The unique rewards right now are what is driving my participation at all in CGs. Uh, I like them. I want more of them. And for me, those make it an excellent state of the game. And tweet your state of the game. My state of the game is it's still great. There's a plethora of different things to do. The storylines are intriguing and fantastic. The mm. CG after CG are a ton of opportunities, a ton of fun. There's player wars popping off all over the place. Mm -hmm. The only thing I would say negative about the game right now is the orange sidewinder blue tunnel errors whenever you're in a system with fleet carriers. Yeah, I really hope Odyssey mm -hmm. fixes that. That's, that's uh, definitely been a thing. Yeah, but other than that, I mean, as far as the uh, Odyssey and not hearing anything, I, I, I would definitely like to hear something more, get a firm date on a pre-order or something. But I still have faith that FDEV is trying to do this the right way and that they're going to make sure things are as good as they possibly can be. So I'm not worrying about that just yet. Uh, give me another month where I don't hear anything and I might change my tune with that. Yeah. All right, well, we have two open issues that we should address that you brought up, uh, Tweaked, and thank you for that. Number one, there have been a lot of commanders that have been complaining that they're having problems logging on or staying on. They're getting Orange Sidewinder and Taupe Adder and this, that, and the other, and they're getting kicked out and having all kinds of problems. So that's a thing. Uh, number two, uh, it's we're going on week seven or eight of still the pulse wave analyzer ain't quite oh, right. what it used to be. It's mm -hmm. and I think the people of this show in particular we're all sort of rich, so we don't think about it. But like there are people out there that are like, man, I want to. And 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 in fairness, to mitigate that, uh, it is sort of the case that you know the king, the meta of money making right now is just straight up laser mining pay night so you don't need a pulse wave analyzer for that but there are people who want to mine they want to enjoy the mindful not the mindless game loops of of how to gather by by either subsurface deposit mining or uh core mining and those people are sort of locked out for the last six to seven weeks maybe eight at this point. I, i've lost track uh that that the pulse wave analyzer has just been broken so uh, yeah, there's there's also some bugs with carriers. Um, it, there's 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 some bugs, but 
this is this is a time that they need to to get to those and 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 get them sorted and some of them might be things that are like okay this is issues that are being caused by new things that we're introducing in prep for odyssey and odyssey will be able to handle them better so it's just going to be a growing pains time maybe who knows we'll see but that's all we have time for tonight we've had a fantastic time i hope you've had a fantastic time with us uh i am going to uh end tonight by saying uh go out have some fun the things that don't work relax this is i think maybe the most complicated sort of game system that I, I can even sort of imagine. And there's so many variables, so many procedurally generated things and interdependencies that there's going to be times, especially in a growing pain time like now, where you can't quite get to all the stuff you want to get to. And when that happens, instead of throwing a tantrum because you can't get to this one toy, look around at the eight billion other toys that you have at your disposal pick one up and have some fun with it um i'm not criticizing you for saying man i want to be able to do this you're absolutely right you should be able to do that but just sort of work with it and find your fun because i'm not saying you're right or wrong i'm just saying you could choose to be happy or you could choose to be miserable i know which one i'm going to choose right now i need to get away from real world politics and and the shit of life and enjoy elite. And so that's what I'm choosing to focus on. Uh, that's a mouthful. Roy, your, your closing thoughts. Just uh, fly casual, but stay dangerous. Arson. Pew, pew. <laughs> that's all Tweet. I got. I hope everybody had some fun tonight, learned a few things and enjoyed the show and fly safe and fly open. Right on. Arson Place out. Good night, everybody.